chapter 6, beginning with verse 12, says this. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, and against powers of darkness, rulers of darkness, that aren't of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. It says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking on the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. We are part of an army today. And Father, right now, we just adhere to your word and we take on your armor of God, understanding we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in high places. And we're delighted to be a part of your army. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. This is Brother Joseph. Amen. Today is um, February the 26th, 2023, and uh, we're doing a live broadcast here. We're going to be getting into the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Praise God. Father, I just acknowledge your presence right now, Father. And your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore, Father. Oh, that we would come to know your ways, Father. That you might instruct us, Father God, and teach us in the way wherein we should go, amen. There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, amen. I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to come before you in your presence and minister your kingdom, your word, to the way, the ways of God, to your people, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that your people would find your words, amen. That they would find your words, Father God. That they might eat your words and partake of you, Lord God. I bless you and I give you praise, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to welcome everyone. Like I said, today is uh, January the 26th. I'm sorry, February the 26th, 2023, amen. And I'm thankful, like I said, for this opportunity to get before you, amen. We've got a lot of material to cover, and um, I just want to thank thank the Lord, amen, for how he guides us and leads us, amen, by his precious Holy Spirit, amen. And how the Holy Ghost will always, always, only testify of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is always, always directing us to the Father. And, uh, you know, that was the intent, right, God, is to show us the Father, right? And uh, the goal was the Father. In other words, to get us to a place in maturity, amen, grow us up, train us and teach us the ways of God so that we can get to the place where now we can get into our inheritance or a portion, amen, the work, what we do. Amen. And um, so, like I said, um, I'm very excited today and I have a lot of material to cover. Amen. I always do. Praise God. I thank God. As Jesus said, you know, out of your belly are going to flow rivers of living water, right? Water that's just going to flow out. And that's how it is. You know, when you when you're in the presence of God, amen, and you're constantly seeking the Lord, amen, he he knows how to call forth, amen, and, and bring it forth, amen. And by the precious Holy Ghost, amen. And like I said, he's always faithful, amen. All right. And um, I wanted to uh, introduce you guys to a word that I've been looking at for quite a while now. And uh, it has me uh, quite humbled, amen, when you when you see these things of God in your life and you don't really... You know, it when it reveals to you a little bit about yourself, about the character of God in your life, amen, the image, the express image, right, Jesus, that's been forged in your life, amen, through constant, constant view of the tabernacle, staying in the presence of God, right, and separating yourself, sanctifying yourself from the world, right, and uh, getting away from all the filth of the world, right, that that, that it's so... Um, so filthy, amen. I mean, just, you know, sometimes it's interesting. There can be a, a secular song playing somewhere, and that thing will stay on me for a day, two days sometimes, you know. 
And our, and our constantly, you know, as the scripture says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God, right? I'm constantly doing the word and pushing that perversion away, right? And uh, it's interesting. I saw a post about a song from an entertainer, uh, this guy that died and went to hell. And he said that when he was down there, the people were being tortured from these songs, uh, from these secular songs. And isn't that interesting, you know, how the enemy, like I said, you know, music came from from God, the origin of God, right? But the one that, that was in charge of all this was Lucifer. He was one of the cherubs of God. There was three of them, Gabriel, Michael, Lucifer. Now, Lucifer chose, you know, made a choice to to be cast down, right? Because he denied God. He denied the presence of God. He had iniquity in his heart. And as the scripture, Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning. As soon as that perversion was discovered, he was gone. But that introduced now another, a whole level of rebellion now. Because now the enemy was going to be able to take what he had experienced, what he had learned from God, and now use that in perversion, in religion, right? And, and twisting up the word of God, you know, coming to us as angels of light, you know, you know, presenting to us, you know, ideas, philosophies and views and principles and revelations that are not of God. Not that the truth is not of God, right? But the, the, the spirit of truth behind it, right? The error of its way, right? The way. And that's what he's done is, is that he's merged himself and blended himself into the world and into religion and into churchianity, if you will, so much that without the Spirit of God and without the Word of God in our lives, the Word and the Spirit, amen, that's got to pass between the pieces, amen, Genesis chapter 15, it must pass between the pieces or you cannot make a distinction. And so the Scripture teaches us this very clearly in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, right? For the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. And then it says in verse 15, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. All things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. In other words, the more word in your life, and the more breath of God that's being breathed on that word, the more distinction you have. This is not of God. This is of God. Very clearly, very boldly making these declarations, bringing the life of God on a matter. In other words, from the presence of God, you have the ability to be able to distinguish and judge righteous judgment. Because you're not judging and, and, and looking at a situation for, for your own motive or for your own gain, right? You see, is able to discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart, right? And Jesus was this type of man where he walked in this type of distinction, this way of God. He was able to make a distinction everywhere he went, what's not of God, what is of God. He knew the motives of the people that were coming to him and what, when they wanted him to deny himself, for example. Are you the son of God? And he said, I already told you a hundred times and you're still not listening to me. Because see, declaring that he was the son of God was saying that he was making himself equal to God. All right, so now the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 10, 2, verse 10, let me read that one. Praise God. 
Hebrews chapter 2. So making himself that he is God, right? See, he didn't think robbery to, be, robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. Verse 10 here, Hebrews 2. For it became him for whom are all things, all things were for him, and by whom he made all things, all things were, were, were generated from God, in bringing many sons, many weas, unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. You see? Discipline, correction. And so, again, making a declaration, right? There's a scripture in Galatians, let's see here, by faith that we're the sons of God. If you're, if you're not believing God's word, right, and, and, and seeking the Lord, and seeking his word, then there, there's no point. You have to believe this word. And what I mean by that is that believe it and obey it. All right? Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. You know, one thing I've known about myself here, I've noticed, is that as I grow in the Lord, amen, all by grace, amen, by grace is that I get more precise with the Word of God. Very precise, very exact, like a surgeon, right? When he makes a cut on a person's body. It has to be exact, amen, in order for him to perform the procedure or whatever he's doing, right, in that surgery. And I realize that as we grow in the Lord, that's what happens. You get so exact with God's Word. Every perversion that's brought forth by the Spirit of God, you're able to call it forth. As Jesus said, he's going to take a mind and show it unto you. You see? And in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, it says, For we are all children of God. The word children here is we us, my fully matured sons of God, by faith in Christ Jesus. See, for as many of you as has been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Baptized fully submerged into Christ, into the kingdom of God, into the will, the word, the way, the work of God. You have put on Christ. See? And to make the declaration, like I said, I already told you I'm God. And Jesus told him, did I not say in the book of Psalms, you are God? So what am I saying, Brother Joseph? Well, I'm telling you that God wants us to grow up. He's got an inheritance for each and every one of his sons of God. Daughters of God, right? It's not, when I say sons, I don't mean excluding anything. But the idea is obedience, sonship. So the idea is growing up, amen, sonship. All right. <clears throat> so now I was looking at this word, amen, praise God. And I've always heard this word many times. The word is con conscientious, conscientious. <clears throat> and I started looking at the definition synonyms for this word. In the definition, it says that, and we're talking about sonship, amen. We're talking about now conscientiousness. Is the personality trait of being careful. And I made the statement earlier, being more exact. Right? Or diligent 
Conscientiousness implies a desire to do a task well and to take obligations to others seriously. Conscientious people tend to be efficient, organized, as opposed to easygoing and disorderly. They exhibit a tendency to show self-discipline, act dutifully, and aim for higher achievement. They display planned rather than spontaneous behavior. And they are generally dependable. It is manifested in characteristics, behaviors, characteristic behaviors such as being neat, being neat and systematic. Also, including such elements as carefulness, thoroughness, deliberation, the tendency to think carefully before acting. So. Conscientious individuals are generally hardworking and reliable. When taken to an extreme, they may also be workaholics, perfectionists, compulsive in their behavior. All right, now, some of the synonyms for this word as an adjective is complete, diligent, exact, exacting, faithful, fastidious, fussy, hanging in, hanging tough. In other words, fussy there is that they don't always necessarily agree to everything, people that are conscientious. Uh, they're, they hang, they're very tough. In other words, they, they, they stick it through. Uh, they put their heart and their soul into it. They're heedful, meticulous. You know, I remember, seems like I've always made this statement when I'm being interviewed is that whatever I get into, as far as a company or job, I'm going to marry that thing. I'm going to Take ownership of that, if you will. I'm going to put my heart and my soul into it. Heedful, meticulous, minding their P's and Q's, all right? Uh, punctual, reliable, tough, all right? And then some of the antonyms are careless, corrupt, dishonest, immoral, indifferent, inexact, irresponsible, uncareful, unconscientious, uncritical undemanding, unjust, unscrupulous, and vulgar. And you look at that word uncritical, right? I mean, if you go and look at the pattern of where the world is right now, what they're trying to do, right? <coughs> they are, they don't want people to say, okay, so I saw this post about a senator that was, I think in Japan or somewhere, and trying to tell these individuals they need to get in line with the woke philosophy, basically. And, uh, you know, they, they, you know, it started a big problem. But what I'm saying is the whole idea that they're trying to push, right, is that, you know, don't say nothing that's offensive, right? Well, in the, in the, in the art of discussion, right, and, and trying to learn, you know, I mean, I, I myself, you know, I, I come off as, as a very harsh and very uh, rough exterior, if you will. And I don't necessarily always agree with it and everything, and I always question things, and and I'll get fussy about it, and and uh, but in the world's mind, that type of individual is dangerous. That type of individual doesn't mind speaking what's right, right? And I've read this scripture to you many times in um, in Isaiah chapter thirty, right? So if you look at the world where they're at now, right, they don't want anybody to tell them what's right. Don't tell me how to live my life. <laughs> All right? Uh, 
Verse 8, Isaiah 30, verse 8. Now go write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be for the time to come and forever and ever. I was really encouraged by that particular verse because it, it, it helped me understand that I need to put all this down on paper. In other words, I need to start writing it out. But again, encouraged by the Lord to do it, make it so, right? Make it forever and ever, man. Put these words down. Put these thoughts and ideas down, all right? Get them on, you know, broadcast them, say them, right? Publish this thing. That this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord. And I remember last time we were together a few weeks ago is that the verse that came to me was that why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? This is all foolishness, right? Vanity, right? To get involved in all these philosophies and views that, okay, somebody's feelings got hurt because I didn't, I said he or she, right? <laughs> and this is just, this is so ridiculous, right? And, and again, again, right? And all the wickedness is going to be, it's going to self-expire itself, right? Because two males can't make a baby, two women can't make a baby, right? So, Therefore, there's not going to be any offspring to continue those ideas and philosophies and principles and views that they're constantly seeking to push on humanity, right? So they're going, it's going to expire itself, all right? But it said here that this is a rebellious people, verse 10, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. In other words, speak vanity. But this word right things here is, is to be in front. It's the word in the English, I mean in the Hebrew, in the Greek for stands, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what is it? The, he, the Greek word is proistomy, all right? And how the scripture says in, in Titus chapter 3 or Timothy 3, which one is it? I'm sorry, hold on. Where... The, bar, the scripture's talking about the qualifications. Yeah, 1 Timothy chapter 3. And it says here that one that rules his house well. Verse 4, one that ruleth. Well, the word ruleth is the word proistomy. Proistomy means to set or place before, to stand before. So it's the same Hebrew word as this word right. All right? And so it's saying that don't tell us, don't stand in front of us, and don't tell us what's right. Prophesy not unto us right things to stand in front of, to be in front. Don't tell us what's right. Don't proclaim it. Don't don't declare it. Don't say anything. Just let us do what we're doing. And don't offend us. All right. Well, <clears throat> so again, that word, like I said, um, as a synonym, right? And now as an adjective, it means conscionable, high-minded, high-principled, honest, honorable, all right? Again, so now if we look at that word, con or like I said, conscientious now. So in Deuteronomy 6, verse 18, it says, And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee. And that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord swore unto thy children. Now, he had a goal for him, right? He needed them to grow up so that he can give them this inheritance, right? And he didn't want it all mismanaged. He didn't want them blending with the world. He didn't want our daughters in, to marry their daughters. He didn't want our sons to marry their daughters. 
because he knew that once these seeds and ideas and philosophies and views get into the heart of a man and and you know you love your wife you love your 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 husband right he knew that 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 mankind would would sway always in the direction away from god you see so so again this word <coughs> uh right all right and it says here now in exodus 15 26 he says and said if thou would diligently hearken man put your ear down to it and focus on what's being said and taught to the voice of the lord thy god and will do that which is right in his sight now we're talking about the ways of god amen the ways of God are the right ways and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians from the Lord that healeth thee. Now, the way God does that is how does he not put on us what's on the world? Well, because we're covered. You see, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Amen. The angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. Amen. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You see, you're covered, you're protected, you're at peace. Amen? Be in other words, you're the place that, that place of covering is the place of inheritance. You're shielded, in other words. But the world's not shielded from all this perversion. Jesus said, woe unto the world, anguish, sorrow, and pain to the world because of their offenses. Now, everywhere you go, like I said, you know, you got to mind what you're saying, right? Because somebody might get offended. <laughs> oh, man. I remember one time I was in a restaurant, and I was talking to this young man. He was telling me about his parents and how his father was a pastor and blah, 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 and I was going on and on and on. Well, as we got more and more into the conversation, I said something. He got offended. Well, I didn't realize he was a homosexual, right? He was all the same. You know, he liked men. Um... But the point is, is that I remember he got really, really, really agitated and really, really flustered, you know, because, you see, Jesus said, if I, by the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come unto you. When these words are coming forth and they're getting into the heart of man, something's getting in, something's getting out. Something's being replaced with what's already in that heart. That corruptible seed is getting replaced with incorruptible. So what's happened is the, the demons are being dispelled. Right? Because they can't inhabit holiness. They can't inhabit in the right place of God, the right. So um, this word, like I said, right, right, in the sight of the Lord is the Hebrew word yashar. And Strong's is Hebrews 34, 77. And it means straight, upright, correct, and right. Straight and level, right, pleasing, straightforward, just, upright, fitting, proper. So this word, like I said, to be right is to have that desire to want to do right, to do it the right way. In other words, it's being conscientious. All right? And uh, like I said, conscientiousness is the personality or trait of being careful or diligent. See? So he says here, if that will diligently hearken, right? Listen, pay attention closely to what I'm saying to you because these words that I'm trying to teach you that are going to build your character and make you an individual that's conscientious, that wants to do it right all the time, 
All right. Those words are going to form you if you will receive me, says the Lord. And they'll get you to a place where when I bring you into your inheritance, your portion, you're going to do it the way I would do it. You're going to manage the way I would manage. You're going to be conscientious. You're going to judge it. You're going to take care of it the way I would. Now remember, by faith that we're the sons of God, amen? And uh, so we have to remember that, you know, regardless of the fact that we're not necessarily all 100% super super pure, right? Super, super spiritual. The goal is, right, always the desire is going forward in the Lord, right? The way of God. We want the way of God. So, in, uh, like I said, I read this already, Deuteronomy 6.18, and thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest go in and possess the good land, which the Lord swore unto your fathers. See, the father's inheritance. And so, in First Kings, now look at this one, same word, Yashar, First Kings 11.33, because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, Chemosh, the god of the Moabites, and Milcom, the god of the children of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right in mine eyes, word right there is Yashar, and to keep my statutes and judgment as did David his father. This was a prophet talking to Solomon here. And basically, you know, Solomon was kept with one tribe. The rest of the tribes um, went to, I think it was Jeroboam. But the point is here is that his portion was taken and given to another because he mismanaged the inheritance. All right? But the word milcom here is the is the word here that, that in other words, it was the goddess of milcom or the god of milcom is where the children of Israel sacrificed their babies, children. Now, again, the protection of God, right? So it says here, the way of the slothful man is in a, as a hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. All right? You see, you know, even for my own family, right, I don't like it when my sons are not efficient, right? I'm always help, trying to help them understand, you know, why it's better to do it a certain way versus another way, right? But in the end, if they, you know, if there's resistance, I'll just say, okay, do it your way. But I, uh, ultimately, I know that, you know, I know because of the word and I know because of my own experience, right, that if, when I do it my way, I'm going to end up, you know, having a hard time with something. So the problem is, is that mankind, right, doesn't want to receive the Lord. They don't want to hearken diligently to the Lord, to the voice of the Lord. So in Deuteronomy 12, 8, he says, You shall not do after all the things that are, that we do here this day. Every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. Don't take this and, and process it into your own philosophies and ideas and make it what you think is right versus what God said. And that's where, like I said, a lot of humanity is, you know, humans. You know, last week we discussed a little, well, we kind of went, you know, real quickly over the outline and all the areas that we we're going to cover. And, you know, 
one of them was like I said, I talked a little bit about ministers versus sons, right? And so here you have individuals that want to do it right in their own eyes, you see. And that's the difference between the son of God versus a minister. A son wants to do it the way of the father. He only wants to represent God. He does not want to do it his own way. But a minister, regardless of what the way is, wants to get to the end goal, right? And so this is where, you know, Jesus said, you know, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You don't understand the way of God and how to do this. So therefore, you'll do it your own way. Remember, there was a, an instance where they were bringing up the tabernacle, and it ended up toppling, and a couple of individuals touched it, and they died, the presence of God. They didn't understand the way. And David went back and, and, and found out how to do it. But all the while, because of that tabernacle, there was peace in that area, that land, prosperity. People were being, you know, successful <coughs> because of this influence of God in their lives. They were getting the right way of God in their lives because of the very presence of God, you see. And so in in Second Chronicles, like I said, uh, actually, I'm sorry. I said earlier about 11.33, but let's look now at 2 Chronicles 14. I want to show you something here. 14.2. All right. So it says, And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. All right. And he took away the pillars of the strange gods, and the high places, and broke down the images, and cut down the groves, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord of their fathers, and do the law and the commandments. Whatever has been prescribed to you, whatever boundaries and borders have been set, do those things. This is the way of the Lord. And he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places, and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. And he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest and had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. So this individual, Asa, did that which is good and right, Yeshur, in the eyes of the Lord. He did everything correct, the way God would do it. And because of this, there was peace in the land, peace in the kingdom. No war. And that's what happens is as you grow in the Lord and you do the right way of God, he brings you into this place where you rule as God rules. This is the Israel of God, one that will rule as God. Jesus was the Israel of God. He ruled as God. Those that follow Jesus Christ and his way, the way of God, are also the Israel of God. Amen? And so, again, he took down all the idolatry, all the false everything out of the way and the land had peace and so as a son of god as we grow up in the lord that's the desi one desire we have in our heart and understand this way of god that he wants all religion out of the way he doesn't want us partaking of religion and he doesn't want us doing religion mixing it mixing the seed in other words and it's a it's a it's a lonely place to be at, right? Because the religion the religious system doesn't want the way of God. I've been in many situations where I'm 
preaching and teaching the Word of God, the way of God, and they don't want it. They don't want to do the Word of God. They don't want to be obedient to God. And uh, no man of convincing, right? A man has to be willing, all right? Willing to hear this Word, willing to be trained and taught, right? I was looking at a verse earlier. Hold on a second. Uh, it says, study to show yourself approved, right? A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, right? Second Timothy 2.15. You know, uh, uh, one thing I realize in these broadcasts is that there's so much coming out that I've got to give time to process. You know, I put these outlines out there. I make these announcements that I'm going to be doing the broadcast and so on. And my hope and my expectation is that people are looking at those outlines and going through these verses and getting their hearts ready to hear this word. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, right? And then there's another scripture. Let's see here. Uh, verse 28. Verse 25, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. So meekness is the ability and willingness to be taught and learn, right? And so there's been many situations that I've been a part of is that they weren't in meekness, right? They didn't realize they were getting instructed. And, you know, taught in what? Well, taught to get how to get out of Babylon. You want war? You want, you want, you want no war? You want peace in your lives? right? Then get into the way of God. Learn the right ways of God. Recover yourself, as the scripture says. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves. The word recover here is the word return to soberness. Get your mind right back to the Lord. That's what repentance does. That they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. We're not walking in this word of God in the divine way of God and so on. Then the enemy has opened, you know, it's like a buffet in your life. He can come in and touch any area of your life. And you don't know where it's coming from. Except that you know that if you return back to God, all of this perversion will get pushed back. All right? Now, so, Yasha, right? The right way of God. So, he did that which is right. Now, 103, Psalm 103, verse 7. All right? Psalm chapter 103, verse 7. It says here that it's interesting when you look at these passages and you look what the Lord says here. He made known his ways unto Moses' his acts unto the children of Israel. That if you look at the verses before and after, for example, the Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed, right? He made known his ways unto Moses. In other words, by making his ways known to Moses, he was able to execute righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He was able to satisfy the mouth with good things because this is all coming from the Lord, right? The Father. And as it says here, verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious. You see, he he took a man and he trained him and he taught him and showed him the ways of God and brought him into maturity, right? Moses. He took this man that was going to be willing to do the will of God, willing to disciple and train and teach the sons of God and the daughters of God in the ways of God, right? 
and in doing so, bring them to a place where they could inherit the land. But they refused the Lord. They kept wanting to go back to Egypt, back to the world, back to that music, back to that lifestyle, back to that philosophy, all that perversion. They kept wanting to go back. They would not cut down all these groves and this religiosity and idolatry in their hearts. And so because of that, they never came into the inheritance of God, the portion that God set up for them. Except Joshua and Caleb, all their children. Because their children, see, they had an opportunity to take those young children and teach them in the way of God, and they were going to do the will of God which is the Word of God, to get into the work. And if you look at, you know, like I said, if you look through Joshua, you'll see that. And all the land that they conquered and all the enemies that they drove out and all the miraculous things that God did for them. And it shows us a pattern, right, in our four lives is that if we'll seek to walk in the right way of God and learn these ways of God, that God will get us to a place where we're ready for him. Hmm. All right, now, but the thing is, is that this way of God, right? So he, he found a man, Moses, and he was able to train him and take him in and teach him and so on. And, and a man that would be obedient, right? See that you do the tabernacle according to the pattern that I showed you on the mount. On the mount. Every exact way of God, see, conscientious, and doing it the way of God, <coughs> the right way. And... Uh, of course, Moses didn't enter in, you know, because he disobeyed the Lord. He represented the people. He represented God to the people in a form that wasn't God, oh, the way of God, you see. But the point is, is that, um, you know, God raised him up, you know, and knowing that he would be obedient and be willing to train and teach and so on and show him the ways of God. Now, <clears throat> So again, in in Mark chapter 7, verse 37, it says here, And we're beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Now remember, Jesus Christ was a man that understood the ways of God. He understood as Moses, as the word says, he Moses knew his ways. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Well, the making known of the ways implies that you you have to spend time with me for me to show you these ways, right? The secret place, right? In John 16, 28, he says, I came forth from the Father and am come into the cosmos. Again, I leave the cosmos and I go to the Father. You see, I know where to go to get refreshed and restored, amen, and be reignited in the purpose of God. I know where to go back to. And so that is the presence of God, right? The way of God, get in the presence of God, you're going to get the way of God, right? Now, the scripture says that he had done all things well. He did, he was very, Jesus was very conscientious in doing it exactly according to the Father. He did not want to disobey God. The purpose was God, in other words, the Father. And and he had done all things well, beautifully, handsome, excellent, eminent, eminent choice, surpassing, precious. You see? In other words, 
you know, joined to the names of men designated by their office, competent, able, such as one ought to be praiseworthy, noble, beautiful by reason of purity of heart and life. He had done all things well. They couldn't find a motive in his heart for himself. They couldn't find a motive in his heart to want to follow a particular organization and do it their way. The only desire Jesus Christ had was to fulfill the will of his Father in the earth. And by fulfilling the will, he understood that he was the Word. And the Word understood that he was the way. And the way understood what work he was going to bring and he was going to come into and bring his sons and daughters into. You see, so important, amen, that we understand how God does his word, his will, his word, is, and his work. It has to all filter through the way of God. Because the thing is, is that in doing all this, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews 4.15 that we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Getting to that place, amen, where we're sensitive to the Lord and how the Lord wants us to focus and perceive life and humanity out there. To love humanity no matter what condition they're in. Jesus Christ was this type of individual that was very conscientious and wanted to do it the right way of God. He did not want to disobey the Father. And as you come into sonship in your lives, that's what you start realizing. I don't want to. I don't want to disobey God. I want to do it His way. Amen. So in Proverbs four twenty, He's like said, "Keep your heart with all diligence." In the keeping of your heart, you see that the surrounding and protecting of the presence of God. Keep your heart with all diligence. Make sure you understand that the world and the enemy desire to pull you away from God because that presence of God in your spirit, man, is what the world needs. Issues of life that flow forth and bring life to this dying, hurting world. The people, in other words. One by one, amen. Mm. So like I said, the way, like I said, was... was um, The desire of what Jesus Christ had in mind was that to get us to the Father. All right? Praise God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this, this time with you, Lord, and this precious word of God. Amen. And helping us understand and, and, and bring us to an understanding of who you are and how you want us to operate in this earth. Amen. As sons of God. And thank God for the pattern that's been set before us, Jesus Christ. Amen. And if we'll follow the Lord Jesus, amen, we'll bring, we'll come into our inheritance, amen, we'll, because that's where he's leading us. He, he's leading us to you, and you have, amen, every good and perfect gift. It comes from the Father of lights, amen. All right, so now in John 14, verse 6, take a look at that. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the Zoe. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, right? The way here 
right, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. All right. Now, in verse 4, Jesus said, And where I go, you know, and the way you know. So then Thomas asked him, said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Well, this word here, uh, and whither I go, the same word that Thomas said, thou goest, is a Hebrew word, hupago. I'm sorry, Greek word. And it means that to lead oneself under, to withdraw or retire as if sinking out of sight. So Jesus said here, and whether I, Hupago, whether, whether I lead myself under, where I go to to retire and go back to, you know, and the way you know. So then Thomas says, how can we know the Lord? How can we know the way? In other words, we don't even know the destination. What do you mean, Lord? Where are you taking us? All right. So see, Jesus, the patterned son, he is the way, right? He showed us the model of how to do this. But of course, you know, religion has gotten involved and they want to institutionalize everything. They want to get all the humans, you know, corralled and indoctrinate them and teach them, you know, somewhat of the truth of God, but not in the way of God. And that's the problem. Because the Bible teaches us very clearly, and you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. You see, you got many, many, many situations out there in the religious world, religious world that are not built upon that same foundation. Now they started out; a lot of them started out with truth, but the problem is they decided to camp and stop, not knowing that God is a God that is constantly wanting to move us forward, over and over. So. A son, like I said, always leads to the advantage of the father. Uh, he said, no man cometh unto the father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my way. You should have known my father. And also, and from henceforth, you know him and have been and have seen him. So, again, the, the, the son always goes back to the father. Verse 6, no man cometh unto the Father. The word unto, here's the word prose. Prose is to the advantage of the Father, that by me. You can't get to the place where you can be utilized by the Father if you don't go through sonship, the way of God. You know, I love how bringing forth all these concepts and ideas and that I love how it all blends and works together, right? You know, these principles are constantly being reiterated over and over and over and always to get to the Father. Now, John, John 14, 14, Jesus said, verse 14, if you ask the Father anything, I'm going to do it, right? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You see, when you ask the Father, as Jesus was saying here, anything, he's going to do it. He wasn't saying religiously go ask the Father anything. He was saying as a representative of how I am as a son of God in maturity and seeking the Father's will, the word, the way, the work. When you ask the Father something, he's going to give it to you also because you're going to be following me the way. 
if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you're going to, everything that I've taught and trained you in, you're going to keep that in your heart. And it's going to be close to you, and you're going to want to do it the right way of the Lord. Amen? Amen. In First Peter 3.18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. That he might bring us, is the word, he might bring is the word prose to God. The Son, Sonship, always desires to bring to the Father everything. Amen. And so, that's what that's what we do as sons of God. We want to get people trained up and, and raised up and matured up in the Lord, mature, so that they can come into their portion. Amen? But you can't do it without going through training in the kingdom of God. And thank God that the kingdom of God, you know, this library, this thesaurus is being built, all these videos, eventually all the outlines will be published, and all these books will be written out. To understand this way, of how to get to the Father. But it takes you and me getting into that presence of God. You can't get what Moses had. Moses knew his ways. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. He published all of this information. He didn't do it alone. He did it by the presence of God. Scribes were there, and they were documenting and recording. Sons of God that were willing to do the work of God. Because they came into some maturity. Mm. Now, the Father is the inheritance of the Son. Amen? Mm. In, in John 14, 9, Jesus said unto him, Have I not so long time with you have I not been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father, and how stayest thou show us the Father? All right. How can you say you haven't seen the Father? I'm telling you the way of God. You see? And and the thing is is that like I said, the goal, right, is to get these sons trained up, these twelve apostles, right? They were sons of God. Because as he told him in verse 2, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. There's so much room in the kingdom of God for every one of his sons and daughters to have their portion, their part. There's no need, for example, in the religious system, the women doing the work of the men and vice versa, men doing the work of the women. God has clearly laid out in his word what he wants the men to do, the daughters to do, the women. And what portion they need to be involved in, in in this training and teaching and bringing into discipleship of the Father's kingdom. All right. Now, uh, John chapter sixteen, verse fifteen. See, Jesus. All things, verse fifteen, that the Father has are mine. Therefore said I that He will take of mine and show it unto you. He's going to show you 
what he's shown me. He's going to bring you to that place where you're now ready to do my work. Amen. The work of God. But not in immaturity, right? You can't give the inheritance to sons and daughters that are not mature. Amen. Now, and here Jesus said, take of mine. All things that the Father has are mine. Well, as a son of God, I can proclaim the same thing. All things that the Father has are mine. Knowing that uh, that as a desire of a son of God to don't want it to do it God's way in maturity. Manage it the way the Father would manage it. In my stead, in other words. And that's what God is wanting to do is bringing up these sons of God and daughters of God because there's so much work to do. So many individuals need to be trained in the ways of God. Amen. Now, a son, remember, Jesus was after the order of Melchizedek. He was forever a priest now. You and me, as sons of God, in maturity, are also forever priests unto the Father, unto our families, unto the world. We are the go-betweens, right? right? And so it's important that we understand that, that we're our, our, uh, what he's brought us into is to, again, utilize us and push us forth back forward, out, right? So that we might bring divine favor to humanity everywhere. And that reminds me of a verse here, Second Corinthians. And this is where the idea for the website came from. Let's see here. Verse 18, all, all things are of God. See, when you start realizing as a son of God, your portion, your part, you realize all things are of God who hath reconciled us unto himself. Reconcile means to exchange us, change mutually unto himself by Jesus Christ, the way. And hath given unto us, sons of God, the ministry or the diaconia, the service of reconciliation. Reconciliation here is the word katalache, which is exchange or adjustment, readjusting, in other words, to the Father. That is, Restoration to divine favor. All of us walking in the divine favor of God, the tabernacle of God in the earth, a tabernacle not made with hands. Amen. Bringing the life and the presence of God everywhere we go. Amen. All right. Divine favor. That's where the website came from. Divinefavor.org, right? Because it's my desire to bring humanity back into divine favor. But to do that, you've got to go understand the will of God, which is God's word, which is going to show you the way, again, to bring you into the inheritance, the work. Mm. All right, so... In Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 27... Ezekiel 44, verse 27. Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 27. 
and in the day that he goeth into the sanctuary unto the inner court to minister in the sanctuary, he shall offer us his sin offering, saith the Lord. All right. And it shall be unto them for an inheritance. I am their inheritance, and ye shall give them no possession, and ye shall give them no possession in Israel. I am their possession. Talking to the priests here. I am their inheritance. I am their portion. I am their part. Amen. And when we understand this, we start understanding the goal of God to get his sons and daughters trained up, raised up, because there's so much room in the Father's house. Amen. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. Amen. And we're going to end it end in there. Again, understand the Father is trying to raise us up and mature us because he's got a purpose in bringing us into our portion, our inheritance. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I thank you for your precious word, Father. I thank you for teaching us your ways, Father. I thank you for your presence, O oh God. I pray that your people will go forth and learn how to do your word, your will, your word, your way, your work, the way you want us to do it, which is Christ. Amen, our Lord. Hallelujah. Chapter 6, beginning with verse 12, says this. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, and against powers of darkness, rulers of darkness, that aren't of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. It says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking on the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. We are part of an army today. And Father, right now, we just adhere to your Word, and we take on your armor of God, understanding we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in high places. And we're delighted to be a part of your army. Hallelujah. Stand before your throne to worship you and you alone. Proclaim your name throughout the land that all may know and understand. We are, we are the army of the Lord. We're marching upward for our King. Stand by, take up your
Yeah. 